0: There's not a problem you can't bring to God that God can't help you with. There's not one, not a single problem. I don't care how you think it comes. There is not one thing you cannot bring to God that he will not help you with. So when we find ourselves needing help, we go to God because he is, I like what he says, a
1: present help. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God.
0: In today's topic, it indicates from time to time we may find ourselves in situations that require help, assistance, and a need to be rescued. Psalms 46 and 1. Let's go there real briefly. Psalms 46 and 1 gives us a promise that we can rely on and place confidence in during those times. God is our refuse and strength, a very present help in trouble. So God is our refuse and he is our strength. He is a very present help, assistance, and aid when we're dealing with trouble, distress, distress, adversity as well as affliction see the psalmist is letting us know that God is our refuge he is our shelter from rain or storm or danger in the natural a shelter is the place that gives temporary protection from a bad storm or a dangerous situa- situation We know that our God is a refuge and he is a shelter. He provides relief as well as support and assistance when we're dealing with trouble, trials, sickness, disease, and so forth. So there's not a problem you can't bring to God that God can help you with. There's not one, not a single problem. I don't care how you think it comes. There is not one thing you cannot bring to God that he will not help you with. So when we find ourselves needing help, we go to God. Because he is, I like what he says, a present help. And see, it's nothing like like thinking that nobody's helping you when you need help. That's why he says, I'm a present help. But a present help has to be done by faith. Because when God is helping you, sometimes it don't feel like help. Mm -mm -mm. That'll preach by itself. So when we find ourselves needing to be saved, we must realize that we can obtain and secure salvation in Jesus Christ. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Acts chapter 4. And verse 12, nor is there salvation in in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So, nor is there salvation, no deliverance, no protection, and prosperity like God in any other. For there is no other name, no other authority, no other power, no other command under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. See, Jesus is the only name that brings about healing and wholeness, deliverance and protection, peace and prosperity all at the same time. Let me read that to you again. Jesus is the only name that brings about healing and wholeness, deliverance and protection, peace and prosperity all at the same time. I mean, God to do it all. He give it all to you all at the same time. You be going through and God be delivering you and giving you peace while he delivers you. You be going through and God will be protecting you and giving you joy while you're going through what you're going through. Only God can do that. He does it all at the same time. That's why it's at the name of Jesus we gain access to salvation and all that comes with it. So when we find ourselves not only needing to be rescued but needing to be protected, needing resources to move forward after getting out of a certain predicament. We need Jesus and his gift of salvation. And to get the gift of salvation and the grace that comes with salvation is what saves us. There is nothing that we can do to earn it. We must be open to receive it by faith. That's why we have scriptures like Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 reads as follows. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So for by grace, what's grace? God's love. God's kindness and goodwill, you have been saved. It was God's goodwill that he saved me. He rescued me. He delivered me. He protected me. And he's prospering me. But he's doing it through faith. Faith is I trust and I believe in what God is doing. And it's nothing that I've done. It's not on myself. It is a gift of God. Gift means I can't pay for it. It's no longer a gift if I got to pay for it. Listen, don't tell me you give me a gift and I got to pay for it. Y'all remember when y'all growing up and for the parents, you know, uh, your child buy you a gift, but really, you know, you paid for the gift when you bought it. Y'all five, amen. Y'all pray for the rest of them. Pray for the rest of us. But you know, with this, you don't pay for this one. You ain't going to have one nickel or dime or penny in this thing when God gives you a gift. This is something he gives, and he gives it to you because he loves you. And thank God he loves us just, just that much. Woo, somebody say, just that much. <laughs> Woo, but that'll preach right there. Let me go on, let me go on. It's by the hand of God that we are saved and not by works, good deeds and such like. It's a gift, gift from God. So let's go back to Judges chapter 7 and verse 2. The book of Judges chapter 7 and verse 2. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. See, We see the Lord want the children of Israel to have a clear understanding of who was going to save them. He did not not want them to have a false sense of security or be under the impression that they could save themselves by their own hand. And at times we can get a false sense of security that says that we believe that we are safer and secure than what we really are. In other words, I'm okay the way I am. I don't need to change. How many of you ever told yourself that lie before? Just oh, me, okay, pray for the rest of us, all right? Yet, if there, if it's where I am, it's not assurance that I'm not in God's will for my life on earth and internally, I may have a false sense of security. And the Lord knew that he had a plan to deliver them, but he did not want them to think that their deliverance was based on their works, their expertise, their strength, or their power. That sound familiar to somebody? That sound familiar to me. When I was reading it, I said, Lord, you know what? I have thought that I could get myself out of certain situations. Based on my expertise, my quote-unquote, let me put this in quotes, Experience. Based on my ability, based on my strength, and based on my power. Notice the latter part of this particular text. He says this, "Lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying my own hand, my own strength, my own power, my own ability has saved me, has delivered me, and has given me the victory. And there are times we'll find ourselves in situations that we can begin to think of a solution. We can't even think of a solution, much less try to create one. And then I thought about this. We can also think of a solution. And they sound good, too. But we have dotted every eye. Cross every T. We've added up the numbers. We have s- sticked the numbers out. Okay, I got a little variance right here. If I come off a little bit short, I can go get a little bit right here and do this over here. And then I can slide this over here and come back this way and go back forward. I got this thing figured out. Mm-mm. And there's a, look, something they call a monkey wrench getting that thing. I'm talking about the cargo start stuttering. I'm talking about they say you, you need some ties. Ties. You get the bill, you think it's one thing. That bill, what? Them has got, got the wrong house. Everybody, my name on this bill. They got the right address on this house. Oh, God. It don't take much to throw your plans away. I'm probably on the one in the same. I'm probably preaching myself. Let me preach to myself just for a few minutes here. Because I need Jesus to save me. Because I figured that thing out. I came up with a solution. And then that solution backfired on me. Woo! I thought it was going to be one thing. It turned out to be something else. Woo! Thank you, Lord, your present help. And so we can get caught up. And so I can't get mad at the children of Israel because God knew them and he knows us too. Oh, Lord. During those times that we need to be dependent upon God. And not in our own ability, our own strength, our own wisdom. We need God super on our natural situation. That's why we need Proverbs 3 and verse 6. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Notice in every situation whether you know the answer or don't know the answer acknowledge Jesus. Learn from him, make known and perceive him, and he shall direct, lay out a smooth plan, a plan that's pleasing to him, and he shall direct your path. See, when we acknowledge or learn the Lord's way of doing things, that means he gives us direction. He gives us direction. He lays out the path that we should take. Now, let me say this to you. When he lays out the path, you might not like that path. You might not like that path. He may tell you, you need to fast on this path for right him. You may need to give a little extra on this path for right him. You may need to sacrifice some things in order for this path to work for you. Remember we told him, he said, this kind only come out by prayer and fast that was not what they expected to hear but that was what was going to work in that situation so when he lays out the pathway when he directs it you got to follow it when he lays it out you got to follow his path you find that's how you grow that's how you mature spiritually as well as naturally and these are the times that helps us to develop the mind of christ Philippians chapter two, verse five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So I got to allow or permit his mind, his understanding, what he values and what he cherishes to be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus. We want the mind of Christ in every situation of my life. Every, every situation. We want the mind of Christ. And see, in my life, there have been times where I had similar thoughts on how I did this in order to put myself in a better position, only to find out it was by the grace of God. I can remember when I thought I was accomplishing certain tasks like being a good husband, being there for my children, ministering a, a quote-unquote good sermon, I put that in quotes, praying and anointed prayer and so forth, only to come up the revelation that Jesus was the one who worked all of these things out in my life. I can be a good husband one day and duplicate the same acts and not be a good husband. Some of y'all didn't get that. I know pray for us, Lord Jesus. Look, I'm, I don't say Lady Dobbs does this, but I'm going to give you an example. I can bring her flowers from a certain store. Give her the flowers. Woo! Boy, I thank you for the flowers. I needed them flowers. Woo! Thank you. Woo, Hallelujah. Cook me a meal, boy. <laughs> the problem is, I bring them same flowers from that same store with the same price tag, and give it to her, and she won't even react to it. Cause why? I'm expecting something. Yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all getting the point? Y'all getting the point? Y'all getting the point? Y'all getting the point? See, you can't go in with the expectation. See, I didn't follow the path what he told me to do. I, I see to follow his pathway in doing things, and sometimes it's the timing and what you're doing in, too. Mm-mm-mm. We got quiet down. Let's keep going, though. I can minister a sermon, and people tell me, well done, and minister another sermon in a similar manner and receive no accolades. It's in these moments that keeps us humble and helps us to realize that it's by the grace of God that we are here. And by his grace, we're able to operate on a daily basis. How many thank God for the grace of God? (laughs) Thank God for his grace. It's in these moments that help us to realize how much we need Jesus and his word operating in our lives. Want to avoid the appearance of claiming God's glory for the great things he is doing in our lives, in our homes, in our ministry, on our jobs and such like we should not take glory for that. Notice what he said in Judges 7 and 2. Lest Israel claim glory. Interesting. There's glory out there, but Israel was going to claim it. They will claim that they were prestige or renown or famous and so forth they don't claim it for themselves and it says against me saying my own hand has saved me my own hand has delivered me my own hand has liberated me my own hand has given me the victory and realizing if it wasn't for the hand of god they wouldn't have the victory you know what can trick you sometimes you do something and get it right You think you're smart than what you really are. I mean, you you, you can plan something and it go just the way you plan it, and you think, "Man, I got this thing down. Oh, I got this right right here." That can mess you up right there, because you think, "Well, I don't need God next time." You just go and do the same thing, and think you'll get the same results. Mm-hmm. Now. We accept a compliment for what it is, a polite expression of praise. Yet we know that God is the one that gets the ultimate praise. Should we give compliments? Yes. Should we accept compliments when others esteem us or say words of admiration? Yes. Should we claim God's glory? No. Absolutely not. It is God's grace that saves us. Notice what he said in Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God. See, Ephesians tells us we are saved through faith. It is a gift made available by God. See, the Lord is an excellent example of mercy and kindness and not allowing us to get what we deserve and that he reminds us that our deliverance, protection, and prosperity did not come of ourselves or something we done. That's why... I know media like me, you made a personal decision to believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You believe that Jesus died. You believe that he was buried, and you believe he got up. And then there will be people that say, I don't believe it happened. Well, it don't matter what you believe. It matters what I believe. It matters. I believe that Jesus died, he was buried, and he got back up again. And that same Jesus is alive right now. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue in his word to keep my belief strong. That's what we do. See, I've come to realize there is no other way to be saved than by Jesus. Acts 4 and 12, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved and that is the name of Jesus. When we make the choice to repent of our sins and give our lives to Christ, we unlock so many benefits and blessings in our lives because we're saved, we're constantly being rescued from the danger of destruction, being restored to good health, kept safe and sound, and our life is being made better. And let me say this to you, that's happening right now. At 1111 on a Sunday morning, this is happening right now. What's happening right now, Pastor? I'm glad you asked me. We're being rescued from the danger of destruction. We're being restored to good health. We're being kept safe and sound, and our life is being made better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's happening right now. I, I, I only got two amen. Let me try that again. Let me say this. It's happening right now. We're being, Listen, we're being rescued from the danger of destruction, being restored to good health, kept safe and sound, and our life is being made better. <laughs> That's it. It's happening right now. Yeah, that's a good place to give God glory for Because you realize if God didn't do it, it wouldn't be done. He's doing it right now. Let me see. That's why we say he's a present help in the time of need. He's helping us right now. He's helping us right now. That's why God allowed us to come together to receive his word because he's helping us right now. See, salvation brought us a much better spiritual and natural life for us Every day, that's why he is our deliverance, our protection, and our prosperity. And it's working on us right now. Everybody say right now. You need to understand that. I'm curious. you could be at work and God's working on you right now. You could be sleep at your house and He's working on you right now. That means you could be taking a nap and God be working on your salvation as you taking a nap. You know that you could be eating your food and God is still working on your salvation. Oh, wait! Don't you? Don't, aren't you glad you don't serve a God that only time He ministers to you is when you're in the sanctuary. Only time He ministers to you is in the sanctuary. I'm glad He ministers to me when I ride down the road. You know, sometimes He ministers to me while I'm upset at a store. I got five. Thank you. I got some real folks in here. God will minister you while you're in the middle of a stove. You're about to cut up and that God talk looking at you. I know he ain't about to cut up. I was about to bless him. He, they, he tried to mess it all up with his mouth. I know God's doubt, doubt no better than that. I wish God would just hush and let me fight his battles, but now he got to get in there and start swinging. Okay, I'm lost. Let me get back. Let me get back. Isaiah 12, verse 2. Isaiah 12, verse 2. He's our deliverance, our protection, our prosperity. Notice Isaiah 12, verse 2. Behold, God is my salvation. Woo, I like that, Isaiah. I like that. Behold, God is my salvation. He's my deliverance. He's my prosperity. He's my well-being. I will trust and not be afraid. can we say that I will trust him and not be afraid for Yahweh Yahweh the existing one the Lord is my strength and song he has also become my salvation he has came into existence he brought about my salvation now read when you look at this scripture you ought to take this one personally you ought to take this scripture personally you ought to say You know what, Isaiah? You ain't the only one who can say this. This is going to be Richard Richard chapter 12, verse 2. Behold, God is my salvation. He is my deliverance. He is my prosperity. He is my well-being. He is my healing mentally and physically. He is my Lord. I will trust him and not be afraid. Why am I fearing? Why am I upset? Why am I in torment? For Yahweh, the existing one. No, existing one, that means is present. Right now. I'm talking about as I speak to you, he's existing, he's right now. Notice what he is. He is my strength and song. He is my strength and my song. Not my strength, but his strength. He also has become... My salvation. Woo, thank you, Lord. That's why we read scripture like that. We understand that when Jesus came to earth to save his people from their mess ups, missteps, and mistakes in Matthew 1 and 21, Matthew 1 21 reads as follows And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I like that. And she shall bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. When they wander from the path of righteousness, you're going to save them from it. When they violate my law, you're going to save me from it. When they miss the mark, you're going to save us from it. That's when Jesus came to the earth. See, Jesus came to save people like me who miss the mark when it comes to following God's precepts he came for individuals like me who willingly violated the law of God even though I understood what it meant and what it said but he still came to save me as I submitted my life to Jesus I needed help in living this Christian life so when you give your life to Jesus you need help in living the Christian life you need help in living it not from the standpoint of being Our own righteousness, but because I desire to be right in God's eyes, I needed power to fulfill the will of God. Therefore, I have scriptures like Acts 2 and verse 38. Let's go to Acts 2 and 38. Peter reminded us of this power and how to obtain this power. Remember, after you give your life to Jesus, you need power to live this life. You need power. At least let me say this. I need power to live this life. I can't live it on my own. I can't save myself. I need power. I need power. Notice what he said in Acts 2 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then Peter said to them, Repent. Change your mind concerning sin. Change your mind for the better. And let every one of you be baptized, immersed, and submerged and dipped in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or the release from bondage or imprisonment or forgiveness or the pardons or the act that it as it never happened. Sins. Anything you've done that's wrong, God says, I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. He, and I like this definition. here: act like it never happened. You know, people will remember your sins for years. And God will act like it never happened. Oh, man. Some, these days, people will get video of your sins. And hold them against you. And, and But God will be like, I forgave them of that. woo wait. This 2023, y'all. People get videos of your sin these days. And they will hold them against you if you ain't careful. But you got to be like, well, God forgave me of it. You can keep it all you want to. Just remind me of what God delivered me from. Amen. I got five amen. Boy, that's a good place to get happy about right now. And one thing I can say, yeah, you got me on that one, though. Because that's me right there. That's my head and everything. (laughs) But you know what? God will forgive me of that. He has had mercy upon my soul. And I appreciate that. And notice what he does. He gives us the gift. Notice the gift. A thing given to someone without payment, a present of the Holy Spirit. See, Peter on the day of Pentecost preached a sermon in which he told the people they needed to repent. Repent says I'm changing my mind concerning sin and turning toward Jesus. But Peter also told them they need to be baptized or submerged in water in the name of Jesus and they will receive the Holy Spirit. This is one way you can get the Holy Spirit. You can be baptized in the name of Jesus and God will give you the Holy Spirit. And every believer who that is possible needs to be baptized in the name of Jesus. There are many in the church that have followed this same God-ordained instructions and have received the Holy Spirit, including myself. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God being baptized in the name of Jesus. In a, in, in, it went down in water, to y'all, in the name of Jesus. Came back up. Woo-wee. Glory be to God. Woo. With the Holy Spirit. We can all follow this pattern and receive the power of the Holy Spirit that will help us fulfill the will of God for our life. And that's what it does. It helps us to fulfill the will of God for our life. And the Holy Spirit is that power that helps us, a believer, to think, talk, and conduct our lives more like Jesus. When we realize the power that comes, where the power comes from, we dare not take credit for what the Lord has worked through us. I don't take credit for what God works through me. If I'm thinking, talking, and acting better, it's because the Holy Spirit is working in me. If I'm a better Christian, it's the Holy Spirit that works in me. If I pray better, it's the Holy Spirit that works through me. If I sing better, it's the Holy Spirit that works through me. If I give better, it's the Holy Spirit that works through me. If I love you better, it's the Holy Spirit that works through me. If I'm more Christ minded, it's the Holy Spirit that works through me and I don't take credit for it. I tell you thank you, but it's the Holy Spirit. That works through us. That's why we have scriptures like John 16 and 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. He will lead you, teach you as well as direct you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. See, the Holy Spirit is guiding and teaching us right now through the power of his word. Therefore, we do not take his glory, which is rightfully his. We don't take his glory. Before we go further in today's text, let me give you some background on today's text. In Luke, excuse me, Judges chapter 7, verse 2. The children of Israel were practicing sin against God, so he gave them over to the Midianites for seven years. Judges chapter 6, verse 1. You can follow me as we go go back to Judges chapter 6. And we'll start at verse 1. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them in the hand of Midian for seven years. I don't know about you, that's a long time. That's a long time. But you know what they did? They did evil. Again, evil, that which is bad, that which violated God's law. And what I mean, they didn't do it one time. They practiced this. And when you read the book of Judges, they wouldn't repent. And so when they didn't repent, God turned them to the hands of the medium for seven years. Now notice the situation, circumstance, and times of trouble in Judges chapter 6, verse 3 through 5. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, had Midianites would come up, also Amalekites, and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no substance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. For they would come up with the livestock and their tents coming in as numerous as locusts. Isn't that a bunch of folks? As numerous as locusts? Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. This went on for seven years. And then Judges chapter 6, verse 6. So Israel, Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. They were greatly, they had an abundance of being impoverished, great distress, became weak, low of mind, because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out. They call for help. They ask for aid. But those who they ask, they ask the Lord. Thank God they ask God. Now let me say this to you. Don't wait seven years to ask for help. Let me say this to you. Don't wait seven minutes. Uh, let me, can I add one more, one more caveat to that? Don't wait seven seconds. <laughs> Soon as you know you need help, ask for it. I'm in the middle of the stove. Help, God. <laughs> Doctor, say something. Help, Lord. Help. Lawyer, say something. Help, Lord. Help. Children, children looking funny. Help, Lord. Help. Spouse looking funny. Help, Lord. Help. Somebody say, help, Lord. Help, Lord. Now, the children of Israel were under, such, were under much distress for approximately seven years. Then somewhere in the seven years, they cried out for help. See, Gideon names means hewer. A hewer is a person who strikes down things with an instrument in a forceful manner. We learned last week how Gideon tore down the altar of Baal and cut down the woody image that was beside it. Gideon, Gideon was a military leader, a judge who would deliver the children of Israel from the Midianites. And Gideon had a close and unique relationship with God in that he would petition God for signs to reassure him that God was leading and directing him. And I'm not mad at getting for doing this because in Proverbs chapter three and verse six, it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. See, the Lord could have chosen a number of different ways to deliver the children of Israel, but the Lord had a plan. Now, y'all know God could deliver the children of Israel in a number of different ways. That's God. You know, God is not limited in what he does. But God is strategic. He knows what he's doing. Somebody say, God is strategic. So we need to understand that he chose this pathway for a reason. He chose because it would benefit the overall mindset of the children of Israel as well as Gideon himself. See, God was building up and tearing things tearing things down and get his life just like he does in our lives. And see, the Lord began to speak into Gideon's life that he was a mighty man of valor that he was, that he had sent Gideon with divine, a divine assignment. Judges chapter six, verse 12 through 14. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Judges six, verse 12 you mighty man of strength and might and ability. Verse 13, Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites." Then in verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you or directed you or sent you that particular way? Gideon was told by God that God was going to use him to deliver the children of Israel. And remember, the Lord chose Gideon. Gideon did not choose himself. And so remember this, the Lord chose you. And and you didn't choose yourself. Well, Pastor, yeah, he chose you. What what about all my weaknesses? He knew about them when he chose you. He knew, listen, when he chose Moses, he knew that Moses stuttered. When he chose Paul, he knew Paul's background. When he chose Peter, he knew Peter was carrying a switchblade. I'm sorry, blade or whatever y'all want to call it because he cut the brother ear off. He still knew that with Peter. He also knew Peter ain't forgot how to cuss, neither. He still chose them. Now look how y'all look at me. That's what, these are people that God chose. And, but don't get mad. Look around the sanctuary. That's who God chose today. Look, look, I'm, look, yeah, that one in the blue, the black, the pink, the whatever color they got, he chose them too. Well, did he know their background? Yes. And he still chose them. He knows what they thought about doing, didn't have the money to do, would have done it if they had the money, but he still chose them. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got you. Uh-huh. I saw you. hmm I saw you. If you had the money, you would have done it, but if you'd had the money, you mm-hmm. he, he know you. He know you. He know you. Remember when he told that brother, he said, Hey, I saw you when you was under that tree doing that. Mm-hmm. No, no, they wouldn't say what's going on there, dude. They? they said, Oh, okay, yeah, you, you know God. <laughs> Woo! Now, Gideon had marching orders, but Gideon could not go out on his own timing. He had to wait on God. As they were getting closer to that time, the Lord stirred Gideon to gather the people. Very important verse you need to read in Judges chapter 6, verse 34 and 35. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, then he blew the trumpet, and the Abrazites gathered behind him. They came to aid, he joined, they joined together behind him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh who also gathered behind him. He also sent messengers to Asher, Zebulon, and Naphtila. And they came up to meet or gather together with him. We learn in Judges chapter 7, they had 32,000 folks. Now this when they gathered together. This when they gathered together. 32,000 people. And even though the people that gathered together, Gideon still wanted God to do something for him that would ensure that God was with him. I've been guilty of asking God. I wanted, well, excuse me, of asking God for what I wanted, but when I got it, I still did not know how to handle it. Woo! Glory be to God. Isn't that something? Ask God for something when well, you get it, you still can't handle it. Help me, Lord. I appreciate the signs of God, the indicators, the markers, the confirming word that he sends me week in and week out to let me know he's with me and he's leading me. Let's look at Judges chapter 6, verse 36 through 40. So Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you you have said, Judges chapter 6, verse 36 through 40. Look, I should put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only... As dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you shall save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he rose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he run the dew out of the fleece a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not be angry with me, but let me speak just one more. Let me test, I pray, just one just once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on all the ground, let there be dew. Verse 40. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was, but there was dew all on the ground. Isn't that a powerful sign? You know he did that just for Gideon. What's interesting, I don't think he did it for anybody else except for Gideon. Y'all don't think that God didn't love Gideon. You know, you know God loves you just like that. He'll give you a sign that nobody else knows about. He'll give you a sign that nobody else can can count. You're like, well, did you see that sign? Oh, I didn't see it. It don't matter. As long as you know what he meant, that's all that matters. Hear what I'm saying? As long as you know that God gives you a sign, that's what matters. That he chose you. He said, Lord, that must be my sign right there. You can hear something I say in a sermon. Oh, that's my sign right there, God. You can hear something that I say, amen, that don't, I probably didn't know what it meant, but you know what it meant. You know that's what God is saying in your life. You will be in devotion time and God, you'll read a scripture. Oh, that's my word right there. Woo, thank you, Jesus. You know that's your sign right there. And you know, because he's going to confirm his word with signs following. Amen. Now, let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. The Lord gave Gideon another sign. When we spend time with God in prayer and meditating on his written and revealed word, we develop a stronger relationship with with God. We're better able to recognize the voice and signs of God that he sends our way. And at times, he sends signs to warn us, prepare us, encourage us, and so forth. Helps us to help me to, Lord, this was my prayer, help me to recognize the sign you send me. Help me to recognize the sign you send me. See, I believe Gideon needed that strong and mature relationship with Jesus for what he was about to take place in him and through him. We pick him in Judges chapter, chapter 7, verse 2, where the children of Israel were gathered together and the Lord was providing some leadership training involving trust and walking by faith and not by sight. The Lord told Gideon, You got too many people with you. You got too many? Now, Gideon may have been thinking too many. Have you seen the Midianites? They've been prevailing over the children of Israel for seven years. And I got too many. Then not he call them locusts at one point? There's so many of them that they were locusts. They looked like locusts coming at me. And I got too many. How? They would invade the livestock, the livestock and tents as numerous as locusts. And God, you're saying that the people I have are too many. Whew. And the Lord told Gideon, why? He says, because Israel could claim glory for itself, saying, my own hand has saved me. Mm, mm, mm. The Lord did not want the children of Israel to get confused as to who saved them. The Lord does not want us to be confused or to think too highly of ourselves and thinking we saved ourselves. So you can get comfortable in Zion and start thinking you saved yourself. You can start missing service because you think you're all right. You can start missing your devotion time because you think you, you know, you're spiritually up. Up, you know. Up, you know. You, you ate good. Off in the fast now. <laughs> I'm good now. I got, I got, oh, oh, yeah, I got my, oh, I got some money in, in my bank account. I can just ease now. I ain't got to go to work. I take a few days off now. Woo. I well, yeah, I cut, well I'm, I'm good the way, it, notice how your mindset can all of a sudden go and start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I prayed three days last week. Boy, I'm good for about a month now. Woo. Boy, I came to, I went a Wednesday night, brother, and a Sunday morning. Woo, I'm good right now, boy. Boy, I ain't been a, a Wednesday Sunday. Yeah, boy, you know, Boy, that's another. Boy, Pastor I had so many scriptures, boy. I tell you, I, I'm good for about a six month. I, I ain't got to read my Bible or nothing, boy. <laughs> I read some of Bible. I ain't read in my Bible all year. March, boy. Woo! <laughs> you can get eat comfortable in Zion. Get easy, Zion. Get easy, Zion. So, you know, hey. There are times in my. Hey, I've been guilty. Y'all. Let me tell you my, my, how I mess up, right here. I'm give you my, my testimony. Don't get mad, but it's just me. I knew. Woo! I can be super spiritual. I can be super spiritual. I prayed, I gave, I witnessed, and so far, woo, I messed around and I was thinking, and this is what example of my own hand have saved me. Because my works have gotten ahead of me. My my works have gotten ahead of me. I ain't missed a Sunday in years. You the pastor, you shouldn't miss a Sunday. Okay, I know. All right, praise God. Well, you the members? You shouldn't miss a Sunday neither. So why you look? Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I pray. I, prayed. I gave. I gave time. I gave extra. I got caught up in my works. I mean, I studied, I mean, I studied Monday, I studied Tuesday, I studied Wednesday, I studied Thursday, I studied Friday, I studied Saturday, I, 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 I gave y'all a sermon on Sunday, and here I am, whoo, carpent works. And, and you know, and this is what you need to, this is what you need to know about God. God hold me accountable just like he hold you accountable. He said, don't you think you, oh, don't think you, oh, no, my own hand have saved me. My own hand have saved me. My own hand has saved me. And so he didn't want the children of Israel to get caught up in that. He didn't want the children of Israel to get caught up in that. And God knows our heart. He knows us, boy. He knows us. He knows us. Then God sends a word of separation in Judges chapter 7 and verse 3. Now, therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people saying, whoever is fearful, who's ever frightful, who's ever scared. And this definition stood out to me. Fearful emotionally will not carry out the will of God. Fearful will not carry out the will of God. And afraid, trembling, petrified, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead Gilead, and 22,000 of the people return and 10,000 remain. Well, Gideon had to know God. Gideon had to know God, y'all. Because if I looked around and 22,000 left, I get funny when I can't find 22 cents in my account. Yeah, y'all don't, Okay, y'all pray, pray the rest of it then. I bounce mine to the penny. <laughs> I'm like, the bank did something wrong? Somebody took so much money out? One time, I tell y'all quick seven. I got to move on because I'm about done. I looked at my account, and I noticed two transactions from Sam's up here in, 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 in Douglasville. Same amount. I said, this ain't right. I mean, it wasn't that much money, but it wasn't much money to me. And you know what I did? I said, hold on, this ain't right, y'all. I went down to the bank I said this is not right and I took and I got disputed one of those transactions got my money back for one of them but the same transaction came out my account twice on the same day and you think listen if I'm that funny over this stuff I'm more particular over God's word Mm -mm. now Judges 7 4 and the Lord said to Gideon the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you. He says, I'm going to prove them for you. I'm going to uh, establish their quality or reliability. Then it would be that if I say, if, excuse me, that of whom I say, this one should go with you, the same should go with you. And of whomever I should say, this one should not go with you, the same should not go. And they messed around there, and they got 300 folks. Three hundred. 32,000 down to 300. Now God said you're ready. I said, hold on, God. Your idea of ready and my idea of ready are two different things. But that's how God works, y'all. That's why you can't look, work on saving yourself. You got to trust God for what he's doing in your life. You got to trust God. I said, God, this is what you want done. This is how it's going to be done. Now I'm going, I'm going to have to kind of because the time said, so I'm going to kind of bring you down to the close here. So they went out, the 300. They got 100 on each side. And they didn't have no real weapons like you would call weapons, but they had what God told them to do. And they did that. Boom! All of a sudden, boy, and all of a sudden, the uh, the, children, uh, the Midianites got scared, and they started running away, and they started, they started to turn the sword on themselves. But this is what's kind of powerful to me. And you, I'm, you're going to find this over in Judges 7.23. Y'all remember the ones who were fearful and afraid? You remember the ones that God sent back? Cause remember they went from 32,000 down to 300? Y'all remember that, right? Y'all remember the folks? But think about this, though. One of the reasons I believe they were fearful and afraid, this is my opinion, is that they've been tormented for seven years, y'all. You know? seven years tormented 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 for seven years if I've been tormented for seven years I might be in that same situation but something about see this is when you know God is in the mix because in verse 23 and the men of Israel gathered Together from Naphtali, Asher and Manasseh, and pursued the Midianites. Those very ones that were afraid at one time had all of a sudden got their courage back. They got their strength back. They got their purpose back. Now remember, they were afraid. But once the spirit of God moved on that situation, they got back what they had lost. I can imagine that there were men who really wanted to fight, but they've been, been so tormented for seven years. But now they're ready to get back into the fight. Now, I want to end up with this. I want to three places of power that comes through God's salvation. They got their purpose back. They got their purpose back. To, they went at, to go after a divine reason for, for being created. They, they gathered together. Was helped them to understand their purpose was bigger than dealing with the fear they were overcoming. And sometimes we have to be in a position that we overcome the fear that's been trying to challenge us. Fear that tries to challenge us. Then they have power to fight. They have power to fight. They got their purpose back. Now I'm ready to fight. To possess might, strength, and ability to fight the good fight of faith. See, the children of Israel got the courage back, which enabled them to go and to fight. Now, remember, they had left. They were fearful and afraid. But now, they got the courage back. Oh, yeah, okay, now I'm ready to go fight. I'm ready to go fight. So, remember, it was 22,000 that left. But now, oh, excuse scripture actually more than that. But in the end, all these people came back to fight. And the third thing that happened to them, they had power to pursue, to run after and chase after God and chase away things that takes us away from God. Notice that the individuals who were once fearful and afraid, the ones who had went back because they couldn't pass the test, God had restored all of them back in the moments of time. This is when you allow God to do the saving and you don't do your own. Something that would have, now, being on a torment for seven years, it might have taken them years to get their mindset back, to to take on the mind of Christ. But now, they're following God's example, they're following the 300, and God is taking them to a place where they have power of purpose, power to fight, and power to pursue. They're chasing the people that they were afraid of now. woo and anything that comes up in your life, and God gives you strength to pursue it, to go after it, to say, hey, you know what? This got me once, but this time I'm going to get it. This debt got me last year, but this year I'm getting this debt. This, this pain in my body got me last year, but this year I'm going to get it. Listen, this is God turning the situation around. Woo! And if God can do it for the children of Israel, God can do it for us. I mean you look at debt now like, oh I'm going I'm I'm canceling this debt. Oh it's debt gone now. This car no gone. This house no gone oh but the doctor said hey he's, they might have said it this year hey but this year I, hey God is a healer God is a deliverer God is going to bring me out Lord I know I was going through in my mind but these those minds that are stayed on me, those minds will I keep in perfect peace God will keep me oh if I let him do it he will do it Lord I see the children of Israel but I see the children of OCC coming out with the mind of Christ I cannot save myself but the Lord can save me and he can save you in fact you look at two or three people and say I cannot save myself but God can save me and he God can save you and you and you, and you, and you, and you.
1: We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at OCCVR.org. That's OCCVR.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website, at OCCVR.org. Click on the Give button to give online, or you can utilize text to give. Text GIVE to the number seven seven zero six nine two 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 five. 692 2225 That's 770 692 Five. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.